Hi, everyone. This is Melissa. And Kate. And Lainey. And we are the The Louisiana Louisiana Ladies. We are so glad you are here. Check us out on Instagram at Louisiana Ladies Podcast and visit us online at laladies.info. This episode is sponsored by Sentinel Pension, a division of Falcon Winkler. Sentinel's main goal is to ease some of the painful burden of retirement plan administration. We offer comprehensive services with the goal of meeting your company's financial objectives while providing your employees with a path to retirement. For more information, visit www.choosesentinel.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Louisiana Ladies. Uh, I am here today with two of my fabulous, what I call TPA buddies in my TPA tribe. Um, They are not from Louisiana, I do not believe, but they have both visited Louisiana. So therefore, they are Louisiana ladies. All right. So um, I will introduce them and then we want to talk about their journey uh, and their career and also what they like to do for fun like we normally do. Um, I am recording this over Zoom and my fabulous co-host Kate Cook is MIA again today, and I <laughs> love nothing more than to call her out on that. So, anyway, so we have Amanda Iverson and Lynn Young. They are both with a firm um, called Pinnacle Plan Design, and so we will kick this off. We are going to kick this off starting with Lynn Young. So, Lynn, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. This is my first podcast. I'm so excited. It's no, Lynn, it's your first podcast. It is. Okay. Well, so Lynn, let's talk about, let's, I'm going to learn a little bit about you. Okay. Whether you like it or not. Lynn, by the way, uh, everyone is uh, an actuary. And for those of you who don't know what actuaries are, they are very, very smart people that have a tendency to be a little bit more introverted than me and my other guest, Amanda. So (laughs) we're going to get to know Lynn. So Lynn, literally like, where are you from? I grew up in Chicago. Okay. And how long were you there? 30 years. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't know that. It's very informative. Okay. So you're in Chicago for 30 years and now where are you at? I'm in Phoenix. You're in Phoenix. Okay. So I have a question. When you were growing up, did you always know that you wanted to be an actuary? No. Oh, I'm so glad that she said no. Phew. <laughs> so yeah, walk us through that. What, how did you get there? I mean, look, Hey Lynn, wait, I do need to tell you though. I tried the actuarial science route when I was at LSU and I'm just going to tell you, I loved math, but that was like a lot more math than what I really cared about. So you tell, I'm, I'm just curious. I know a lot of actuaries, but I never know how y'all decided it or, you know, want to hear your story. So I really wanted to go into medicine. I wanted to do forensic medicine. Mm, Okay. And uh, so I actually started out as a biology major and um, I ended up having to do math class, chemistry, kind of, you had to do all of those when you started down that path. And after being around people in biology for about a year, I'm like, yeah, I cannot do this. So I started looking at other options and they were trying to recruit me both on the chemistry side and then on the math side. And they, they started talking to me about 
actuarial science and also the blend of the law piece that you had to know, because I also liked the, like the business law aspects of the things that I was doing. And so it kind of set me down this path on the pension side. And so by my second year in college, I knew that I wanted to go down this path. And so I started off going down the actuarials, the SO, the Society of Actuaries route. And I got through up to the fourth exam at that time. And then I decided like, yeah, I don't like this much math. And so then <laughs> I shifted more to small plans. I started off small plans, went larger plans and went back to small plans. And then I just focused on the enrolled actuaries track and the consulting piece of it. Okay. So did you finish those tests? Um, so I did get enrolled. Okay. Um, stopped on the, as the Society of Actuaries track. Oh, so okay. So I didn't realize there was a difference. Okay. This is all news. I know. And Melissa, I didn't either. And until I started working with a bunch of actuaries, I didn't realize it's, it's you know, you and I are both CPAs and it's four tests. Those guys, is it six or something like that? It's a lot yeah. of tests. It's 10, 10 exams. 10. Um, 10. It makes our four like not seem so such a big deal. So, so it's 10 exams to get to be an enrolled actuary or like to be part of that society. And I'm sorry, Lynn, I sound, feel like I should definitely know more about you than I do, but I wasn't, I'm not, I, for some reason I thought it was seven, but I might be making that up. So it's to be a fellow in the society of actuaries back when I was taking it, it was 10 exams and it was five to be an associate. So I stopped at the fourth exam and for the enrolled actuary, it's three exams. Okay. And then they push everything kind of into those three. Is that correct? Right. They push the law piece. They push the math piece into there. And so, um, and then they push in um, different funding methods, things like that. So each of those has a, a different focus on it. Okay. So you're doing that. Um, were you taking these tests while you were in college or were you working at that point? I was working. Okay. And you were working for like a TPA or defined a benefit small, type practice? Small TPA firm. In Chicago. In Chicago. Okay. I didn't start the, I, those, when I was in Chicago, I was doing the Society of Actuaries exams. When I moved out to Phoenix, I, sh I shifted to the enrolled actuaries exams. Okay. So what, what made you move to Phoenix? Um, my husband has family out here and we came out here on vacation and I just really liked the weather compared to Chicago weather. That's and, fair. Yeah. I just, uh, you know, it was something that we made a really quick decision and 30 years old and said, you know, if one of us could find a job, then we would move. <laughs> and I found a job within about a month. And, you know, so we ended up kind of selling everything and coming out this way. Okay. And how long have you been at Pinnacle? It'll be 10 years. Okay. She's like 10 years feels like a hundred. Yeah. I've, I've been doing this for 14 years and it feels like a hundred some days. So I feel you, Lynn. Okay. So, and you are a partner, right, Lynn? I am. Okay. But Amanda's right. my boss. But Amanda's her boss. Mm -hmm. I mean, can you imagine how she got so lucky? I just, I wish that we're I was in every day, Amanda. I know. And by the way, we're partners. So she just likes to say I'm her boss. I know she loves it. Okay. So Amanda, let's talk about you. So Amanda Iverson. So Amanda, where are you from? I am from 
uh, North Dakota. Have either one of you ever been there? No. <laughs> you should go visit. There's a lot. Of, no, just kidding. Okay. I love, I love my home state, by the way. Love it. Okay. So you're from North Dakota, went to school there, I'm assuming. Some, and then I went in Oregon as well. Oh, okay. Did your family move around a lot? No. So I actually grew up in a town of 1200 people. So you're, you're from Louisiana, right? And there's some rural areas there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's funny where, when I talk to anyone and they go, oh yeah, I'm from a small town. And I say how many, and even like, you know, a hundred thousand people, people think it's small. I'm like, oh, that's a hundred times the size of my hometown. There was a thousand people in my hometown and we were like the big town. Um, so I, same house, same block, same school my whole life. And then I went to the University of North Dakota and I went with my boyfriend at the time. He was going to, uh, during uh, a February break, he was applying for grad school. He's an, he wasn't going to be an eye doctor and it was out in Oregon. And I went with him just because I wanted to go. And it was so beautiful there. It was like so nice and so sunny. And, you know, I had never been there. And I'm like, oh, I hope you get in because I'm definitely moving here. And so I actually decided I'm definitely going there. And he got in. So he moved with me. But so then I went to Pacific University for a few years. And then we lived in Oregon for four years, got married there. Um, and then we moved to Arizona for work. Okay. okay. You graduated from Pacific University? Yep. In accounting. Right. Oh, yes. And I was much less um, directed than Lynn. So I, I grew up, you know, I'm a nerd. I'm, I'm pretty smart. And so we're my little town. People that are smart are doctors or lawyers. That's what they are. Right. So I went to school to be a doctor and it was cool because I got to do this advanced uh, anatomy class, which was great. I can't remember if it was my freshman or sophomore year. It was probably the sophomore but you got to work on cadavers and that sounded really cool until I started working on cadavers. And then I was really, really grossed out. Now you would think that I would have the intellect to think, well, probably you're not as a doctor going to work on cadavers, but I didn't, I was like, I'm out, I'm out. I'll finish this class, but I am not being a doctor. So then I decided, well, then I'll be a lawyer. And so I read a couple books on becoming a lawyer and business was a, um, a really hot topic or a hot, uh, undergrad degree to get into law school, apparently. And then I looked up what was the hardest uh, uh, degree within business. And it was supposedly accounting. I'm like, oh, that's what I'll do. I really like math. That's what I'll do. Honestly, had I known about the action, I didn't even know what an actuary was at that point, right? This is like, you know, I'm old. It was, you know, we didn't have a ton of internet around, you know, I graduated high school in 98. We didn't have a ton of internet. I grew up in a little tiny town in North Dakota. I just didn't know what all of these careers were. Um, so, you know, combining math and law sounds really great to me, but I decided to take the riveting route of becoming a CPA. <laughs> so yes. yeah, right. Um, so I graduated, uh, went to work for a great firm in Oregon and I really liked it. Met lots of great people. I, I was an auditor. And then when my spouse at the time got a career, um, opportunity in Tucson, Arizona, we moved to Arizona. I interviewed with two firms. I really liked one and I continued on the, um, I was an auditor for a, a while and I just sort of got checklisted out. I sort of, I was kind of like, I don't really know what I'm going to do. I sort of lost like in college, right? And maybe I'll do law school now, or maybe I'll go get my MBA. 
Um, and a girlfriend of mine had asked me actually, because a CPA firm was associated with Pinnacle, had asked me about a job at Pinnacle. And so I actually asked the HR department, like, hey, I got a girlfriend. She wants to know about this job. And it wasn't a good fit for her. But then the rumor was that I was like looking on Career Builder at the office and went to the HR and heard about this job opening. That's not true. But um, I like, I think that makes me sound a lot more of a rebel. But then after she told me about the job, I'm like, wow, this is not a good fit. I'll tell her about it. She was like, oh, no, I don't want to um, work that much. But I was like, gosh, I want to do that. And so I gave up my book of business and went to Pinnacle to work only on internal ops. I audited employee benefit plans a lot and I really liked it. Um, so I thought, okay, cool. I'll get to go to Pinnacle and uh, work on employee benefit plans all, all the time. But then I really didn't work on them a ton because I did all the internal operations. And then, yeah, that was a long, that was in 2010. So I, I actually been, because of the CPA affiliation, part of this place since 2004. So for a long time. Oh, okay. So whenever you started in your, your initial role with Pinnacle, was that COO? Was that the COO position? No. So I started as um, an office administrator and I, the deal was I would try it for a year. And if I wanted to do only client work, then I could, could do that. Um, I really liked it. I ended up figuring out really quickly how much I didn't know. I'm super outgoing. I really like people. I like sort of how things get done. I like the mechanics. I like problem solving. I'm all cool with that. But there was like a lot of um, employee related things that I didn't exactly know. And so I decided I went and got an HR designation and I started, I started thinking again about that MBA. And so then I started to get my MBA and I went from the office administrator to a partner or to the COO, to a partner, and then to my current role. Um, but it, it was a long process and um, I slowly got st- started to get involved in everything, you know, kind of how that happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how many employees on the, in how many employees does Pinnacle have? Um, around, uh, and if I don't know the exact number, I'm really sorry. I think it's 42, uh, right around there. Okay. And those employees that are part of Pinnacle are dealing with retirement plans, either DB plans, defined benefit plans, or defined contribution plans. Is that correct? Yep, that's right. So all Pinnacle does is, you know, uh, qualify plans and 403B plans, but yes. Okay. Only retirement plans. Okay. So Lynn, kind of going back to you, um, you're an actuary, what would you say, and you're a partner, but what would you say specifically, what is your role and what do you focus on so that our audience can get an idea of what does an actuary do? So she just answers to her boss. Yeah. You tell her what to do, right, Amanda? No, (laughs) no. She likes to say that. Um, So I, I work a lot on the, on the design, on the defined benefits side. So we look at, we look at what the client's goals are. And so looking at, they have this much to spend on retirement and how we actually can split that to maximize what's, you know, often what's happened in these smaller plans is that our, the clients invest a lot in the business so that as they get closer to retirement, they really need to focus on putting money away for retirement because the profit that they make is going back into kind of reinvest in the business. And so the plan that works best for them at that point is a defined benefits plan, you know, typically a ca- most likely a cash balance plan. But we also have to make sure that we're providing 
you know, meaningful benefits to employees, and they're actually receiving more, I think, than a typical profit sharing plan when you kind of look at those two plans together with the way the rules are done. So Lynn is like totally uh, short selling herself. So she does, you know, do plan design, but she's also exceptionally technical. So generally, if there's a problem or a question, Lynn is involved in that. She also really likes mentoring people. So she's a strong career mentor, just like um, Melissa, I think at one time you said she got you involved within our organization or our industry organization. She's done that to a lot of us. She um, helps to uh, let uh, enable people to grow. And what I mean by that is like she donates an hour of her time every week to people who are studying for the actuarial exams to help them and teach them. So she does do the plan work and help there, but she does a lot more too. So this is, so Lynn does a lot. So we'll go ahead and talk about how Lynn got me involved in the <laughs> annual, because this is the Louisiana ladies podcast. And this is where we get to see the real deal. Melissa Torito or Missy, like Torito, it. whatever people call me. So, you know, I've, uh, I, I tell people this and, and, and I always say like, literally one of the favorite, my favorite parts about this job is the people that we meet and going to ASPA annual. So for those that are out there listening and you've zoned out because we're talking about retirement stuff in any career, there's HR conferences, there's tax conferences, there's construction conferences. So we, us third-party administrators for the defined contribution, defined benefit for 3B plans. We have an annual conference each year um, under the organization ASPA, which is the, uh, I always get the, I should know I, the I'm, I'm like quizzing her. I'm like, oh, she didn't get it right. It's the American Society Pension Professionals, Pension Professionals and Actuaries. Okay. I always want to start with association, but ASPA. And so everybody always jokes with me, y'all that I'm like, oh, I'm going to ask for this week. And they're like, oh, that sounds boring. And I'm like, no, 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 it is not boring. I mean, because we like the material and because we're nerds, but we're also nerds that can have a really good time. I'm, Amanda and I are both pretty outgoing, aka right. we exhaust people. That are around <laughs> us. Whatever, they're lucky to be around us. Come on. <laughs> so, so anyway, so at ASPA Annual, there's typically like, like we kind of incorporate some fun in the conferences and there's typically kind like of. a game show, some sort of competition, something kind of funny, one of the general sessions. So all conferences have these. So it was virtual in 2020. I think it was a hundred percent virtual. Yeah. Because that was COVID. So Lynn shoots me a text and her text, I could go back and find this text, <laughs> asked me if I wanted to be, I kid you not, Lynn, it said part of a group. Okay. And like part of the group competition. Okay. So Amanda, when somebody texts you and says that you're going to be part of a group, what do you think? Um, oh, well, you should have asked me because I'll tell you how she got me with a group thing too. But you think then, right? You're part of a group, i.e. many people, not one. And you just wait to hear what she did to me. So Okay. So we log on for practice. I am thinking nothing of this. I am thinking they just haven't told me who my group, i.e. the extra <laughs> people are yet, right? We log on. It's not a group. It is Melissa against another TPA with, you know, they, it was a, what, what was the premise that like, was it not, um, are you smarter than a pension geek? Right? Yeah. You're smarter than a pension geek. So like we had other people on there that we could ask questions, but it was literally a competition. 
that and would it's be a perfect. thousand people watching a thousand people no no stress missy you're in a right. group fish right and i'm like i like figure this out and i text lynn and i'm like you owe me Lynn. <laughs> i'm like on the rehearsal i'm like you owe me so lynn just, I'll say this, this was a great idea, Lynn. And I don't know where you found it. She found a company and she sent me like, it was like a cocktail kit and had a little bottle of like gray goose vodka. That was what she did for me having to be on this competition. <laughs> now, thank the Lord I won. <laughs> I have not been doing all this technical stuff for five years. So that's my story about, but I mean, I kid you not, I was like somewhat laughing somewhat sweating and also somewhat pissed at Lynn. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So Missy, when I, so Lynn called me and she's working at Pinnacle now and she's, and I'm a partner at this point and Lynn is not a partner at this point. So I would think she's going to be super nice to me. Right. So she says to me, can you be part of this big lip sync thing? Um, even Norman Levinrad, Norman Levinrad said, he's going to compete with you. It's going to, and I'm like, Okay, there's like, and she goes, oh yeah, there's, it's like women versus men. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. And then she goes, okay, so you just need to call Norman and ask him if he will do it then. And I'm like, wait a minute, what? And I'm literally on stage doing a lip sync by myself. I'm like, no, 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 I am not. So then I got like back backup dancers because I was like, no, I'm not doing it by myself. And then I had men walking through and I did it's rainy men because I did not want any attention on me. And I am someone who likes attention. Let me tell you, but I, it took me a while also to forgive Lynn. (laughs) But you you know what the worst, the best part of that whole thing was, is she had, Amanda had costumes. She did practicing and everything. (laughs) Norman, who got up there, never practiced, no costume. And did a, a song. I can't even remember. I never even heard of the song. It was some type. Said, yeah, it was. He's from. Um, he's from South, South Africa. Africa. Yeah, and it's a song from South Africa. But he is an actuary. He's up there just dancing on his own by himself. And I mean, I really, I had costumes. Oh, yeah. I had backup dancers. I had men walking behind me when it was raining men. And I lost. I lost to Norman and it was, it was one of the most fun things I've ever done. And then like people in our industry don't let things go. Like I got first, my team at Pinnacle got me a a participation ribbon sitting on my desk. (laughs) And then I started getting a mail, like um, another Missy and Barb, a firm on the East coast. They sent me like world's best lip syncer award and, Oh, that was fun. But I'm so happy that she did kind of pull us in because I love being involved in the organization. And I was involved before that, but I, that definitely, I am outgoing, but I, uh, that was out of my comfort zone. Let me tell you. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't. So, I mean, in hindsight, I'm glad she just volunteered me to be like the pension geek on the game show uh, (laughs) because that probably took a little bit less, uh, prep work. I mean, I've done all these like dancing fundraisers. For some reason, I think I can dance, but I definitely cannot sing or probably even lip sync. Okay. So, you know, I went to high school and college in the late nineties. Right. And I, my first song that I was going to do was baby got back. 
Mm-hmm. And so my parents were over from dinner one night and I said, I got to do this lip sync in two weeks. And my mom's like, oh, what is it for? I said, there's this conference. There's like a thousand people there. And Lynn, one of my teammates, uh, volunteered me for it. And she's like, oh, let's see it. And and the whole time I was doing it, it's sort of like a rap song. Um, baby got back, right? And yep. my mom was like, oh, oh my, oh my goodness. Oh, 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 <laughs> the whole time. And at the end, she goes, so you're going to do that in front of people. Okay. And that was the night I decided that I'd try to pick something else and get, and so I'll, I was grateful I also practiced in front of my mother because I am so glad I did not do that on stage. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, I would have enjoyed it either way. I remember, I remember when you did that. And so, um, you know, Pinnacle does have a decent, you have a pretty decent group of people that goes to that conference every year. Um, and somehow I, every once in a while I get, I think one year, like y'all were like, Hey, dress up like this as part of the Pinnacle team. I'm like, Oh, okay. Honorary Pinnacle team. I'll be on board with that. So, <laughs> Okay, so both very successful women killing it um, in the retirement industry. I really look up to these two ladies. But that being said, Lynn, what do you like to do for fun? And don't say be an actuary. That doesn't count. Okay, <laughs> She Not, has math problems yeah. on the weekend. <laughs> um, I really like to golf. Oh, okay. Are you good? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'd like to say I get my money's worth. So if you think of it as broke, um, but um, I did beat my husband once. And so we got shirts to commemorate the thing. Like it. As often as I could. Um, (laughs) That's so you, Lynn. (laughs) um, But uh, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that you get away from everything, right? You can't really, even with your cell phone, I mean, you can't sit there and answer emails, things like that. Um, so it's, you know, it could be three and a half, four hours that you're kind of away from everything and could just kind of enjoying being out in the sun. and Yeah, getting some fresh air. I mean, I've got really great weather. Sometimes I think it does get a little hot though, right? Right. We get used to it. It's a dry heat, friend. Okay. Well, you don't ever get used to the very humid heat that is Louisiana. <laughs> I've been here my whole life. I'm never going to, it's humid right now. I'm like, it's March. What's going on? So, okay. So other than that, Lynn, what else do you like to do? Well, that's, you know, it's kind of tough. Um, <laughs> she I'm reads really, all the time. I'm really stumping her. <laughs> no, I do. I do a lot of reading. Um, I, I do do a lot of reading. I, um, I really like, I'd like to, um, and I don't get to do it as much right now, but I like going back and visit my family. Um, I've got um, a younger sister. Um, I've got, um, I've got two of my nephews live out here and they're, um, so we get to see them. And then I have um, my nieces live back in Chicago and they're um, just going to be starting to drive. They didn't appreciate when I put student driver magnets on their parents' car. Um, (laughs) They find it very funny. I did. Um, and then they, they play sports and do, you know, so I'd like to go see some of their, you know, the stuff that they they're involved in. But Lynn also spends massive amounts of time and finds great joy in pulling pranks on others. I mean, oh, I she really puts some thought into it and does real pranks. Like 
If you ever need to prank someone, contact her, please. I I just want to say, like, I could see Lynn doing that because she looks like the least, like the last person who would pull a prank. And she has got such, I've never seen somebody have a poker face like Lynn. Like Lynn, maybe she should play poker. Honestly. Yeah. That's start taking up poker. You probably become a millionaire. Lynn never looks stressed to me. She never looks overwhelmed. She, and to me now, again, I'm not, I don't work with her, but still I know she does a lot. And I'm basically like, Oh, I say this Rome is burning at Sentinel pension every day. You know, it's just, (laughs) we've got to fix something, you know, I'm always stressed out. So, okay. Well, Amanda, what do you like to do? Tell us a little bit about your personal life. Sure. Well, I, I like to do a ton of things. Um, I have two kids, so I tend to spend a lot of time on their stuff, which I love doing. My daughter is 15 and awesome. So that's cool. My son is 13 and super funny. Um, so he makes me laugh a lot. Um, my husband and I hike a lot, uh, really, really like to hike. So I spend a lot of time that I'm super social. I have a quite a large, um, social network of people here. So once a month we have like a family game night where there's like, I think there's something like 16 of us or 20 of us that get together with our big families and have to do that. Um, and then I tend to be involved in a lot of things, um, in Tucson. It's Tucson's kind of like a small town to kind of get to know everyone. So there seems to always be something going on. I do not golf at all. Um, and I don't, I tried it once when I was 17 and I was never invited back and that's fine with me. I wasn't that good. I didn't enjoy that much. But recently I have picked up uh, a new little sport, which my children make fun of me on, but we have started playing pickleball and it's okay, so I, I fun. Knew that's what you were going to say. I know it's so embarrassing and I try not to tell people because I know like it's supposed to be for people who are retired and chilling. It's so fun. The only time I don't like it is my husband and I try to date uh, one night a week. We try to go on a date and um, we had been doing it on that night we've been playing pickleball and then we go out to dinner and stuff that's ended because we're both very competitive. Um, and he would kill me. I mean, like, and it would always be like one to 11. So it's like, did you give me that one point or so I, I, I didn't have fun with him anymore. Cause I don't like to lose. And so, um, now we're playing groups. That's the fun thing. Yeah. And before I, before COVID, I didn't watch any TV ever, ever. Um, and then COVID came along and now I like a lot of pop culture TV and I find myself watching far too many reality shows. Well, I mean, I think sometimes you got to have something that you can just scroll your, you know, you can just turn your brain off. It's the same thing. If you scroll through social media, sometimes we just got to like, like, I love to read and always tell people that, um, in fact, uh, anybody listening to this, I forgot to talk about the book of the month. We have a Louisiana ladies book club that. Oh yeah. What is it? What's your book of the month? It's Lilac Girls. It's Ooh. historical fiction. Y'all. I'm writing it down. I haven't yeah. read it. I don't know if it's good, but I, I look on Goodreads a lot. Goodreads is critical. If something gets over four stars, it's typically going to be good, you know? So, um, but I really like to read. I, I love to read, but there are just some days in my brain absolutely cannot absorb anything else <laughs> like it is just tapped out from well, you know decision making and all that stuff I so, know um hey but Amanda my dad plays pickleball 
and <laughs> he played tennis. Okay. Like my dad was a pretty good tennis player growing up. Him and I used to play in tournaments together. And he had texted me one day and he said, I don't, this is going to get me in trouble. He was like, you know, we should really start playing pickleball together. Cause I used to play tennis too. And that is like, okay. I want to get back into it. Okay. I'm not like, I wasn't like, you know, winning tournaments, but I was competitive. Um, and he was like, we should start playing pickleball. And I said, well, dad, I think pickleball is for old people. Well, you know what? You're wrong. He said, uh, Missy, it, there's a <laughs> lot of young people that are starting to play it now. And I was like, oh, excuse me. Okay. I'd love to go do it. Uh, my husband would not play it, but um, I also have a tendency to be a smidge competitive, Amanda. So yeah, I can, I can see that. You know, we, the first time we played it, uh, we were on a family vacation and we, there was a club med in Florida. My parents, my brother and sister-in-law, my kids and my, my husband are all there and they have all these activities. And so my parents were like, same as yours, like really into pickleball. And my, my mom's like, oh, let's go do this pickleball lesson. And she's so nice. You can't really say no to her. So we played and Rob and I beat everyone. And that's how I like something. Oh yeah, you're good at it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, that's, we'll start doing that. Oh, if I'm not good at something, I'm not a good loser. And I'm, I mean, if I really care about it and I typically don't like to do it because there are, I don't want to say a lot of things, but like, okay, let's get an example, right? Amanda, you said I'm pretty intelligent. Okay. Like I'm pretty intelligent when it comes to math. But like, I'd never want to be a doctor, like ever. I actually went to the doctor this morning for a checkup and he was like, are you in the medical field? And I said, no, I'm an accountant (laughs) (laughs) for this thing from the medical field. But like math comes easy to me. And um, sometimes I don't understand like how it's not easy to other people. No offense, but I'm just like, it just, it's easy. But then there's other stuff that, I mean, like, okay, being an actuary. I mean, I'm not even going to bore people with the details of how many conversations I'm like, Lynn. I don't understand. I know you've told me this. It's not sinking in, but I just don't get it. So um, I have a funny math story really quickly. So my son is 13. He's really funny guy. He really loves sports. He's in uh, seventh grade. And we got this email from his school and it said, congratulations. He's been chosen for, I can't remember what they called it. Like uh, the mathletes, the mathletes. And so I got home and I was like, yeah, you're going to do mathletes. He's like, I am not doing that. And then my husband got home and said, Hey, you got chosen for the mathletes. And it's like, I am not doing the mathletes. Like it's not happening. Those no, uh-uh, nope, nope. So we made him do the mathletes and we're driving to school. And I was like, Evan, I was part of the math meet when I was a kid. It was so fun. I also did science Olympiad and that'll be so fun. Oh my gosh. Maybe you could do both. And he's like, <laughs> he leans over to me and he says, mom. In no way did you just do a flex. That is not a flex. Keep that to yourself. You do not have to tell people how big of a nerd you are. I was like, <gasps> but he is now enjoying athlete. <laughs> so does he like it? No, he complained. Oh. I mean, he he does like it and he's doing well, but he's not going to admit it. Like I, when I pick him up, I'm like, hey, bud, I heard you did good or whatever. And he'd be like, it's no football game or yeah, it's no basketball game, you know? And I'm like, whatever. But yeah, he's still doing it. It's fun. It's math. I know math is so much fun. And look, I mean, when I give presentations and I tell people like I was a math teacher and now I'm a CPA that does work in third party administration, by the way, I really like to puzzle and do all of the nerdy things like own it, own it. Own it. Yeah. You like to puzzle, you said? Mm -hmm. Oh, me too. My family doesn't like it because I get a little obsessive. Do you puzzle in? (laughs) 
I do, but the problem is, is then once I start it, then I have to finish it. Same. Same. We're all the same that way. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's weird that we're all the same that way as type <laughs> A personalities. Yes. I also I have, I have a puzzle board, like an actual board that's got little drawers in it. Yeah. Okay. So I do. My husband's like, um, babe, are we going to like grill tonight? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me just, I think I'm getting there. I'm, I'm, I need to get to a certain point, you know? So I do, I, I hadn't puzzled in forever and then COVID happened and that's right. That's, again. Yeah. Same. So, all right, ladies. Well, for the sake of time, and I know you guys are both busy. I really appreciate y'all taking time to be on here with me today um, as part of our Louisiana Ladies podcast. Lynn, do you have any parting thoughts? How did you, how did you like the podcast, Lynn? It was awesome. It <laughs> is. I think of the things that have happened in my life, and this is like up to number two. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> Lynn has been. Is number one, and this is number two. Okay. What was number one? I missed it. You cut out. What'd you say? Working for Amanda. Yeah. Um, So Amanda also, Lynn has literally asked me every time I've seen her for the past year and a half, when am I going to be on your podcast? So now she doesn't ask me, she does not going to ask me, but what was it like this? When am I going to be on your podcast? And then you told her and she goes, Oh, Amanda, I'll do it with me. Uh, no, I don't really remember. I actually think Lynn was, was a pretty good sport. I said, but I think I'd like both of y'all on here. What did Lynn say? Um, oh yeah, she, this is her text to me on January 31st. I'll just read it. Hope your planning meeting went well. I am still waiting for my podcast invite. (laughs) That's awesome, Lynn. You know what? This is a good advice for any, um, anyone who wants to do something to be successful, you can't G-E-T if you don't A-S-K. So you got to ask if you want to get. So Lynn wanted to do the podcast, so she had to ask. Yeah. And sometimes, okay. I mean, I appreciate that. Do you know how many times I invite myself places like with not asking because I just assume everybody wants me to go? Like I'm thinking they're just missing out by me not being there. Uh, uh, So, uh, (laughs) You know, in our industry and in our group of friends, I think that makes total sense to me, Melissa. Because I'm oh, like, yeah. I'm so fun. Like, of course. I'm like, and, and Lynn, can you imagine like just going, I'm coming with you if someone didn't say, hey, you want to go do this? No. <laughs> okay, wait, hold on. Last text, last text, August 29th. See, Lynn and I have got some texts going back and forth. Yeah, you do. Wow. Uh, August 29th, when are you going to have an actuary on your podcast? Hope all is well with you. Oh, so is this, is this your first actuary on this podcast? Yes. Oh, Lynn, first ever. That's yeah, pretty impressive. Yes. First actuary on TPA Tidbits that we just recorded too. I don't think I had another one on there. Big time. Well, now that's. I was like, oh. But now that you have experience, Lynn, you should be on multiple podcasts. And we have just dispelled the myth that like you won't talk on a podcast because you totally will. It's true. I'm trying to figure out who I'm going to reach out to next. Yes. <laughs> you should do that anyway. All right, ladies, thank you all so very much. It was great being with you guys and to all of our listeners. We hope you enjoyed it and that you'll have a good week. Yeah, thanks, Missy. You're great.